Pennsylvania House and Senate passed and the governor signed a temporary five-month budget here uh, in Pennsylvania. Today joining me on Conversations with Clint is State Representative Seth Grove, a really great friend and all-around good guy, uh, here to talk about the budget. Um, this is our first edition of Back Porch Podcasting this summer. So if you are uh, distracted by tractors driving and birds singing, I apologize, but we thought we'd move it outside this summer. And if you can help identify some of the birds that you hear in the background, please let us know. I have no idea what kind of birds they are. So all the bird watchers, go ahead and uh, comment below. Uh, but thank you so much, Seth, for joining us today. And how are things uh, down in uh, Southern Pennsylvania? Oh, uh, thanks for having me. Good to see you again. Um, they are pretty good. Um, Yorkers are ready to uh, move past emergency declaration, reopen, um, get business and uh, commerce rolling again, and uh, getting getting back to normalcy. People people are really really anxious. We've had um, around the clock diner, which has become kind of a national symbol of you know fighting oppression uh, here in New York. We have two locations. They've been fined something like $6,000 by the Wolf administration for opening. Um, you know, since they've opened, we haven't had massive increases in uh, cases here in New York. Um, and they, they have a great process for protecting their, their, their customers and their uh, uh, employees. Um, you know, they uh, clean all the tables. They have it set up so every other table you can sit at um, so what, all your condiments, um, ketchup, mustard, it's all on the back. If you want it, you request it, they bring it out, you use it, they clean it off right away. So, um, they show you can do it and, uh, you can do it appropriately. And I think it's a good sentiment and a good discussion to say that, you know, during this entire time, had we allowed businesses to adapt, uh, and, and put out expectations for them, I think a vast majority of them would have done the right thing and um, would have put those protections in place and could have continued to operate in a safe manner. But And what that would have done is it would have helped us in the revenue piece of the budget, which is, right. yeah. um, you know, kind of the, the, the hot topic right now. So Pennsylvania last week, we uh, passed a temporary five month budget. Um, talk a little bit about, I know some of us had some concerns early on in the discussions of, like, should we do a five-month budget? Should we just go ahead and bite the bullet and do, you know, the, the full-year budget? Um, but we ended up going with a five-month budget. Um, mm -hmm. I know you and I have had conversations about why this is important. Um, so share with folks, as a fellow member of Appropriations, why, why was a, uh, a five-month budget important here in the Commonwealth? Yeah, so when we look at, one, not knowing how much – revenue we have. We have no idea really how much we have. We delayed payments in order to help businesses and, and citizens. So our income tax was delayed until July, right? Uh, sales tax receipts were delayed until July. That provided cash flow to small businesses and helped individuals who may owe taxes save up and be able to pay them at a later date. Um, so that was important to do. What it but unfortunately the side effect is it pushed all those payments into the new fiscal year. So when April hit, when a lot of those payments were due, we ended up with a $2.2 billion shortfall. It was planned. We knew it was coming. Um, but we also don't know how much revenue we really have because a lot of businesses were operating. People weren't getting paid. Uh, unemployment compensation is not taxed as income in Pennsylvania. 
Um, you know, we don't tax food. Um, all the stimulus dollars between businesses and individuals, that's not taxable. Um, so 1.7 million people are on unemployment compensation. We're working. They're not. That's a huge loss in income tax collections uh, over, you know, a, a couple months. Uh, on top of that, we have businesses that weren't uh, operating. So you're not getting um, income tax from, from those businesses as well as sales tax collections. So at this point, we don't know how much revenue we have going into the new fiscal year. Uh, and from what, we, from what we've seen from our sister states, a lot of our states are part-time legislatures. Um, so they had their budgets done earlier before this even happened. They're going to have to go back and redo their budgets. For states like Pennsylvania that didn't have their budget quite completed, a lot of them did two things. One, uh, they did exactly what we did. They did a partial year budget and they decided we'll come back and, and analyze how much revenue we have moving forward. Or two, they did a full year budget, um, but they gave their governor superpowers to basically cut whatever they need to to bring the, the budget into balance. Uh, New York and Florida did that. Now they both are one party control. So Democrats control New York, Republicans control Florida. Um, you know, they, they have trust within that realm to be able to give the governor those powers to be able to cut. We're not in that position. Um, so we did and, and to be honest, it's more than a five month budget, right? So we fully funded education and higher ed. They're, they're completely taken care of. So all of our school districts are getting exactly what they got last year. Um, so there's predictability there. Well, that's um, so important. I want to talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that too, because our school districts, they have to pass their budgets by mm -hmm. June 3rd. So um, they're, at the, they're at a point where they're trying to say, like, if you only partially funded us, we wouldn't know where we would be at at the end of the year next year. So with, that was one problem that we solved with, uh, with this budget was we went ahead and, um, like you said, fully funded education at the same level it was last year mm -hmm. or this year. Um, and that, that brings some stability and predictability for them, which mm -hmm. is going to be important. So. Yeah. And then, you know, debt and pensions we fully paid and that's important to our bond rating and making sure um, those those are being paid because we have to pay them anyway. Might as well do the full allocation, take that care of that. Um, you know, there are some line items that look like they were higher funded, uh, but those line items were pushed out of the budget last year, pushed into special fund. They were brought back in. Um, but everything else was basically that five twelfth budget or, or, or five out of 12. Um, I, I thought there was always the way to go up because of the unknown. We didn't know how much we had and we're safer at a lower spend number. Uh, you want to provide consistency. You want to make sure you have continuity of government. You want to make sure that uh, agencies can still operate and so forth. So getting money out was a good thing. Um, but knowing that we're, we're not going to have what we had last year and not knowing exactly where we were going to end up, uh, I think it was a very responsible thing to do. Um, and the, kind of the big thing, I know a lot of people are worried about like massive tax increases, right? So we're going to hit November. Um, you know, if, if we have a second round of COVID and, and the economy starts shutting down, which I think is less of a fear now, both the president and Governor Wolf have both said they don't want to do this again in the fall. Um, so I think that was very important to hear, um, and hopefully that will um, diminish any kind of impact this fall uh, from, from COVID-19, particularly on the economy and revenues. Um, so hopefully so we'll be in a better position. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that, because yeah. I think right now we are 
we have a five month that gets us into the fall, but you know, revenues aren't looking all that pretty. Mm -hmm. um, we do have some care, federal cares money that we're, that we'll talk about in just a minute, but um, what are some of the challenges that we're going to face, you know, come November when we have to finish this, you know, the rest of this budget here? Yeah. So even before we hit November, July is going to be a very tough month. Uh, we have three months of Medicaid payments due in July because in previous budgets to balance the budget, we shifted Medicaid payments to the next year. Um, you need cash to be able to make those payments. We are short on cash right now. Um, it's estimated by November, we could be at a $5.5 billion shortfall in cash on hand, uh, which means we can't pay $5.5 billion worth of bills. Um, so in the short term, we have a huge cash flow problem coming up as well. Um, hopefully we can make those July payments. Um, they, can, they can make that work. Uh, but this fall, we will have to look at cash management strategies um, to get us through um, October, November, and then um, basically starting in January, we start hitting a, a slump in, in cash flow. So cash flow is going to be a big deal this fall. Um, come November, um, we'll see where we're at. Hopefully we have revenues coming in and, you know, um, you know, within that budget, there's a couple line items we have to fund, like mand mandatory uh, corrections. Department of Human Services, all those entitlements. Um, at some level, we do probably need to bump up the uh, agency general government operation line items that basically funds and allows those, those to operate, uh, judiciary, and then the, the general assembly. So there's five areas we need to focus on that, that we have to fund. Everything else is really discretionary. Um, so we can leave it at the levels we have it currently. Um, and then depending if the administration moves forward and starts spending grant dollars, uh, we can maybe curve some of those, those items back moving forward. So we have, we have a lot of room um, to kind of manage moving forward, but at the same time, um, those expenses are big expenses. Corrections cost a lot of money. DHS costs a lot of money. Um, so we're going to have to come up with some, some unique strategies this fall um, to uh, really help shape and balance those finances moving forward. And that was one thing that I, I have been talking a lot about is managing spending now. You know, mm -hmm. we, we have to start this process. And I know it's going to be tough for a lot of agencies, but anything we can do to reduce some, some spending is going to be so, so important. And that's something that we as the legislature, we really need to be continuing to talk about and pressing it on them and saying and watching like a hawk, you know, that. Like we're, we're, we have an eye on you. Like we need you to help us out here mm -hmm. because go to do the rest of the budget. Like what, if we don't have to fund you completely, if you can watch some spending and figure out how to save money is going to be so important and maybe it'll be fine, but it, it, we just have to watch it. Watch yeah, and that's, that's a scary part. We don't know. I, I wish we could, I wish we, I mean, I mean and, and the worst part is we don't have access to the internal accounting system. Like I would sit there every day and watch every penny going out of those account and calling up the agency and saying, did you need to buy pencils today? Was that important? Are you, are you out of pencils? Um, and that's the kind of level of scrutiny we need to put on these agencies. Like every penny, why are you spending money? You spent, you know, um, X percent of your budget already. Uh, we think you're spending too much. You need to, you need to, to, to constrain that spending. 
Um, you know, I, I see a memo about you wanting to start a new program. Like the, now's not the time to start any new programs whatsoever. Um, all that stuff needs to stop. Well, I think um, it's only fair to ask them that because that's what's going on in all of the, the communities that we represent. Correct. Mm-hmm. The phone calls that I'm getting in my office, all the, the folks that have been laid off or currently unemployed, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're really strapped in their budgets and they feel the pressure. We need to also feel that pressure and not spend, go into crazy spending. Let's talk a little bit about the federal CARES piece of mm-hmm. the budget here. We, we appropriated, um, so the, the federal government had given us like $3.9 billion from the federal CARES money. We had appropriated 2.9, or I'm sorry, $2.6 billion of that mm-hmm. money to a number of uh, program not programs, but um, areas of interest that have been mostly hit by uh, COVID-19. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. I know uh, one of the things that I was pushing for was to make sure that all the rural communities also received some of that. Um, we were hit just as hard. Um, we, you know, we have less population, but we still have economic impact that's devastating. So one of the things that we did was we put um, $625 million dollars uh, that went out to all of the, the rest of the counties that didn't receive it. I believe, was it seven counties that got money seven. early? Seven. seven. So the rest of the, the 60 other counties did receive some money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be, that's going to be huge um, mm-hmm. for those counties. Why, why was it so important to make sure that, um, that we looked at some of this money and tried to make sure we were in control of how that was appropriated? Yeah. So, States have different mechanisms on how they fund, how, how they distribute federal dollars. Some, it's, it's an automatic distribution. The governor controls it. I, I think we're lucky that we're a state where the General Assembly actually directs federal dollars um, because it allows us to make sure that that money isn't going to one or two locations. We can distribute it and, and make sure it's equitable and make sure it's fair. Um, and make sure we direct it to, to the needs. I mean, there's nobody closer to the people than state legislators, uh, particularly state representatives, right? Uh, we know everyone, we're out in the community all the time. Um, we know we know the concerns people are having. Um, so when, you know, a lot of money went to seven counties, uh, Lancaster beside us, they got $94 million in federal dollars, like 94 million. Um, your county, um, working with our county commissioners, their total quote COVID expenses was about half a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars for overtime, a couple other things. Um, but giving the money to the local counties, they can then use it for for other things as well, as long as it meets the federal guidelines. So it's COVID related. Um, it's between I think March sixth and December thirty first, um, and you can't use it to um, supplement your budget. But generally, everything is is open. So um, you know, emergency management. Um, if you need to do some upgrades because you found some weaknesses because of COVID, you can do that. Um, uh, you can work to like we, our counties, we don't have um, county departments of health, right? Um, so it allow the county to maybe build out instead of doing a county department, maybe creating a system where they work with one of the health systems to create something similar. Um, so they have a better better discussion of what's happening health-wise in your county. Um, now, we did allocate money for EMS and, and fire departments, which was critical, but that county money can also be used for that as well as a supplement. Um, you know, so, so 
giving it to the counties is is good to get those monies into that into that areas and in areas that we may not think about um that that uh, are, are maybe a little harder hit that we weren't aware of too um so it's good and it, it, it's fair like i mean seven counties got a billion dollars right and 60 counties got zero um so allowing that um to, to be used across the board is a good thing and for your area in my area counties can use that for broadband development too which is huge um you know your county we got about 40 million dollars um we can probably a county commission could probably take a couple million dollars and start doing rural uh broadband um development with that money too which which is huge and you know if in this these federal dollars are one-time dollars you know, infrastructure is a very smart use for one-time dollars. And if you do that now, that's going to be used for citizens for forever. Um, so because the county's got that money, they can, right? Right. So a couple other things in there was mm -hmm. uh, something that we've, we've often um, talked a little bit about is, is so important is the school safety grants. So, mm -hmm. Part of that was uh, the school safety and security program, $150 million. Mm -hmm. Agriculture, big, big deal in my district. Um, mm -hmm. That was $40 million and specifically $20 million for dairy here across the, the Commonwealth, which breaks our heart when we see farmers get yeah. hit. So they've had a rough last three or four years. So and it was, it, this was really bad for them. I mean, they had to dump their milk. I mean, it, it, it hit, it hit agriculture so bad in so many ways between um dairy um you know your your, your beef your cattlemen your poultry i mean the amount of chickens that were killed off because the market wasn't there i mean it's it's been awful awful so we've been talking a little bit about education too pre-k counts head start uh those mm -hmm. two programs nine million dollars um just just a couple of other things we we know a big deal in our district and you are a lot of our local fire departments are not able to do fundraisers mm -hmm. over this, the past several months but even going through to the future here they're struggling to see how they're going to be able to do a lot of their big fundraisers they do in the summer so mm -hmm. we had put there was 50 million dollars that went into a grant program uh, for them which is going to be so important to make sure that they mm -hmm. um, have the cash that they need to stay in operation we need them they are incredibly valuable to our communities so I don't know if that's going to be enough, but it's a good start. Um, and I think we need to just continue to, to, to do that. But, um, but this is, this has been a, a big, a big uh, lift for all of us to work on and, and it's been challenging, but, um, and the, the challenging roads are uh, still ahead of us. Uh, we don't mm -hmm. really know where we're, where we're going in a lot of this, but we're going to do the best we can to, to make sure that we and, and I like I said making sure that we are watching spending like crazy is so important so Seth any uh, closing thoughts as we wrap this podcast this budget podcast back porch podcasting session up yeah so uh, you know budget is done it's the earliest budget you know I'm on my sixth term it's literally the earliest budget I've ever done in my entire career um, I think it's nice that it's done early to give some predictability to a lot of institutions like school districts. Uh, maybe it's something we strive to do moving forward that we try to wrap up budget and, and the appropriations uh, by Memorial Day uh, and then work on policy in June. Takes a lot of pressure off uh, a lot of a lot of individuals and 
makes makes for uh, I think a more predictable uh, process moving forward. So I think that was a really good thing that came out of this. And then it's uh, you know watching the pennies and being hard on on the executive branch moving forward to make sure they are not overspending and and watching their pennies because um, we got we got a lot of work to do. Uh, November is going to be I think very very difficult. Um, so we need to put our thinking caps on and. Um, come up with some good innovative policies to uh, streamline government. And, you know, people don't have more money to give. They don't. Um, so our expectation is not to take more. And, you know, I'm always at the point of maybe we should hand some money back. Uh, there's nothing, um, not a bigger stimulus uh, than, than reforming the tax system and getting people their money back through uh, marginal tax rate cuts, just like the feds. Yeah, and, and that would be awesome for industry too and businesses. We mm -hmm. we lost a huge employer uh, this last last two weeks here, and um, they're they're in the process, and that's it's going to be tough, you know. But they're we're competing with other states, and we have mm -hmm. to have to compete. As soon as we realize that, then then we can get to work on it. But until that clicks, that this is competition, and it will be going forward even even mm -hmm. more because states are all the states are hurting now. And we're all going to need to, you know, look to bring industry and bring business to our our states, and we got to we got to get we got to get serious about what that looks like, and and how we can direct them here. So, well, Seth, I appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time. I wish you could have joined yeah. us here on the back porch. Maybe next time. Love to have you up. Could take you around for a while. Uh, after that'd be fun. So. But um, everybody, thank you so much for joining in on today's conversation with Clint, our back, our summer series of back porch podcasting. Uh, today we talked about the, the temporary budget and a special thanks to uh, State Representative Seth Grove for joining us. Join us uh, next week for another edition of Conversations with Clint.